Almost every job requires some sort of training or apprenticeship period. Whether it be, you know, a half a day or it be years of training, most jobs require something of us before we start work. This is often the case that, you know, for instance, like you want a doctor who's gone to medical school, right? You don't want someone who's just, I'm a doctor, right? You want someone who's actually got the degree, done the training, done all that hard work. It, it makes sense, right? You want people handling power tools who have, know how to use them, right? This is what we do in our culture. And this is a beautiful and wonderful thing. We also see in some professions that they require not just initial training, but ongoing professional development. And there are even some out there, the intrepid souls, who go above and beyond. I remember last year reading an article from Tom Crean, who was our former basketball coach, about how he spent his year off coaching, learning about coaching, talking with other people about coaching. There are some who just go so far above and beyond. And that's a wonderful and great thing. Now, I say that almost every job comes with training because we, I think, all know in one way, shape, or form from personal experience, there are some circumstances or jobs for which we are utterly unprepared, that we are dropped into the deep end. For instance, no matter how many times a, a woman or man has babysat or cared for another's child, when a new life is given to you at, after the birth and all of a sudden you have to take that child home, you are utterly unprepared for that. For you as students, when you came here to IU, you had goals, you had ambitions, and then there was a Friday night where you had all your homework and you didn't know what to do. And you had all of these options before you and you were trying to figure out what's the best way to spend my time and you didn't know what to do. Regardless of whether we've been trained our whole life or we're dropped into a new situation, we can go in one of two paths when faced with a challenge or uncertainty. The first is kind of a deterministic mindset. I just need to work really hard and will and do what I want to do and just grin and bear it and pull myself up by my bootstraps and I can accomplish. In this, if I succeed, it's because I worked really hard. And if I failed, it's well because I didn't work hard enough. So let's just double down and keep going. The other is the path of humility, of recognizing when I don't know something that I don't know this, that I might not be capable of it, but also of knowing that there are other people who might be able to help me. And you're probably asking yourself, why am I going off on this digression? But I think it's pretty clear from the Gospel today that the Lord has a very clear path for us and for His church. No disciple is superior to the teacher, but when fully trained, every disciple will be like his teacher. That the Lord desires for each of us in our faith to enter into a period of apprenticeship, a period of discipleship, where someone who is further along the path of holiness, further along this path of discipleship, reaches down and helps lead us so that we can do the same to reach down and to lead others. But we don't do this because we're trying to merit our salvation or if we work really hard, we'll be happy. We're doing this because we recognize our utter brokenness. We recognize that we have beams in our eyes. We recognize that we are blinded by sin. We are blinded by our imperfections. And that only God can overcome those. Yet, for most of us, our experience of church is completely opposite of that. We see the faith, we see it as a set of rules where if we do certain things and don't do certain things, we're a good Catholic. 
And we don't necessarily even understand what we're trying to live after. Because for many of us, we went through religious education, and then in middle school or high school, we approach confirmation. And especially for the younger, someone probably told to you that confirmation is the sacrament of Christian adulthood, where you make a choice for your faith. And quick aside, that is preposterous. It leads to this deterministic understanding of the faith, that if I choose to get confirmed, I'm choosing holiness. I'm choosing to be great. You are not. God is giving you the gift of the Holy Spirit. God is coming to you in your lowliness and raising you up. This is what the Lord desires of us. Not to come to him and to say, I'm going to make my holiness. I'm going to make a great life. I'm just going to follow the rules. But he wants us to come with simple, humble, contrite heart. So that we can be lifted up and so that we can lift up others. So that we can go about the good news, the good newsing, the evangelizing, the taking from what the Lord has given to us and sharing those with others. The first words of Jesus in the Gospel of Mark, repent and believe. Change your mind, change your heart and believe. Not follow all of these rules. What does he say to the go- in the Gospel of Matthew and Luke and John? Follow me, come follow me. To learn, to listen, to apprentice, to be empowered by the greatness, the loveliness, the goodness of God, so that we can share that with other people. This Wednesday, we start Lent. And I want to challenge each of us as we approach Lent, as we prepare for the Lenten fast in our own sacrificial ways, in three ways. The first is humble yourself. And the only way to humble yourself is to deliberately humiliate yourself. And you're probably saying, well, that's ridiculous, Father. Why should I do that? And I'm not saying go do something that's going to utterly humiliate yourself in public and, you know, everyone's going to recognize you as that person for the rest of your life. But you have to humiliate yourself in recognizing your brokenness, in particular your sin. When you humble yourself, it leads to the second part, which is the courage to ask for help. When I recognize in my own life that I am not enough, God gives me the courage to seek out help. And when we humble ourselves, when we recognize our brokenness, our sins, the Lord gives us the courage to be forgiven in the sacrament of confession. Weak become low, the Lord comes down to us. He condescends so that He can lift us up. When we humble ourselves and we recognize areas of our lives where we're not perfect, where we need to grow, we then have the courage because the Lord empowers us through our humility, through our recognition of the beam. The Lord frees us from that so that we can see the world in the right way, so that we can have the courage to ask that friend who goes to Mass every Sunday if we can join him or her, so that we have the courage to become better friends with that person in our life who isn't going out every Friday and Saturday night, who is trying and striving to live after something greater, something holy, or something eternal. This is what happens in our life when we invite the Lord in through our humility. The Lord gives us the courage, and He puts people in our lives to lift us up. The first step forward is always a recognition of my inadequacy, but of God's adequacy and excess. That God so loved the world, He gave His only Son for my salvation, for each of your salvation, and not just that, but for happiness, joy, and peace right here and right now. 
But it comes not from what I earn, from what I merit, from what I pull myself up by the bootstraps to attain. It comes from receiving the tenderness, the love, the gentle fatherly kiss of our God. The last thing, especially as we prepare for Lent, is to take to heart what St. Paul says today. Be firm, steadfast, always fully devoted to the work of the Lord. In our humility and when we are given that courage to go forward, we are also given the courage to persevere. To persevere through trials and temptations. To persevere even through sin. Even through darkness. Because we know that there is a God who loves us, who reaches down and walks with us. We can't just do this once and expect it to be enough. We must daily pray. We must give of what we have to the poor, to the needy, to the church, to support it. We must also challenge and deprive ourselves in some way, shape, or form to sacrificial love. Prayer, fasting, almsgiving. When we have these things in our heart, we cannot help but pour forth the love of God, when we strip away everything, when we strip even away our pride, even our vanity, and we are left with what? Our nakedness before God, and the reality and the realization that He offers me everything. That He loves me. That He desires everything for me. A good person out of the store of goodness in his heart produces good But an evil person out of a store of evil produces evil. For from the fullness of the heart, the mouth speaks. Put your heart into the hands of your beloved God. The God who created you with a unique act of love, who holds you in being with a unique act of love, who has gifted you uniquely in the history of creation. So that what you pour forth from your mouth, what you pour forth in all you do, is His goodness, is His love. Because He suffered and died and rose from the dead for you.